So John chapter 9. Um, John chapter 9 is a crazy, crazy chapter. It all focuses on one guy, and it's this, this guy who was born blind. He's born blind, and Jesus was walking one day, and Scripture says he walked along this guy. And Jesus, um, Jesus heals this guy in a miraculous, miraculous way. And in John chapter 9, um, the fact that he was born blind was incredibly significant. So he gets healed, and, and Jesus told him, do this, do this, and he uses some spit and all this stuff. And, and then the, what's really weird is in John chapter 9, like nobody is happy for this guy. Nobody is happy for this guy. His parents aren't happy for him. The religious leaders aren't happy for him. And so the rest of the chapter is like, what's going on? And what's also interesting about, about uh, this boy, man born blind, I don't even know his name, um, is that uh, he did not ask for the miracle. He did not have a relationship with Jesus. He didn't know who Jesus was. So maybe... Maybe you could identify with that just a little bit. Maybe you might feel like, gosh, it's been a long time since I've been at church, or I feel like I'm not tight right now with God, or, or maybe you came and you're seeking, and praise the Lord, I'm so glad you're here, whatever it might be. But this story, the title of the story is When You Need a Miracle But Don't Know Him. That's the title of the sermon, When You Need a Miracle and Don't Know Him. And, and uh, this series that we're looking at, more than a name, is, is uh, you know, as you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see over and over, Jesus is like revamping, reframing who he is with everyone, with everyone. In fact, in this particular miracle, before this miracle, you have the feeding of the 5,000, you have Jesus turning water to wine, you have Jesus... You know, you know, telling the disciples where to catch a bunch of fish in the middle of the day. You have Jesus healing a paralytic. You have Jesus um, casting out a demon. You have Jesus um, healing someone who was blind. You have all these miracles, but this miracle is different. Let's just jump into it, guys. We're going to be in John chapter 9, verse 1. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Now, is, is there ever anything in your life that uh, you just look at and you think, there's, there's no way? You know what I mean? It's like that, that thing that, like, I, I, almost, I almost titled this sermon, Born This Way. I almost did that. But is there anything in your life that you look at in your life and, and, and you're like, this is just my lot in, in life. This is just the way it is. This is who I am. This is who he is. This is who she is. And God can do a lot of different things, but this I'm stuck with. I'm going to be bad. This is going to be my battle forever. And is there anything in your life? If, I want you to just hold on to that thought because that's what's happening in John chapter 9. Scripture says as Jesus was walking along, he saw this man. And what I, I don't know what the, you know, Jesus, his strut look like, but I'm just, my vision is Jesus walking around like this. He maybe has a little swag or something like this. I don't know. But anyway, so he walks along and this man happened to be there. And then my next thought was like, this is a divine appointment and the man doesn't even know it. You know, you can, you're at church right now and, and some of you, you're in a divine appointment right now 
and you just are starting to figure it out just a little bit right now. But God brought you to this church to hear this specific message. And I'm thinking this man who's been born blind, all he knows is life without sight. It's all he knows. It's all he knows. And uh, I'm guessing he woke up that morning and said, well, I'm going to go to my corner or my spot and I'm going to go take my little tin can or whatever it is. And I'm just going to sit there. And I don't think he expected um, the one through whom all things were created, the light of the world to come walk upon him. Verse two, I got to hurry up. We got 72 verses to go through. Verse two. Appreciate the Anyway, Rabbi, that's teacher. Rabbi, his disciple asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own, because of his own sins or his parents' sins? So remember, Jesus is a rabbi. He's a t- Jewish teacher uh, in, in a perspective of his, his disciples. And the disciples understand a little bit of theology. They understand um, a good Jew would understand uh, what's called the Torah, the Pentateuch, and, 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 and the writings of Moses and the law. So they, in their minds, they had this assumption, and I think we can have the same assumption at times. Here it is. Uh, like, like bad things happen to bad people. Like the reason why you're going through this is because you did something wrong in your life. So you have all these things happening in your life that are, are you know, just not good. And it's probably because there's some sin in your life that has been unrepented. Or it's your parents' sin, and you, and you were living out the consequences of your parents' sin. This is how they thought. This is why in the middle of the Bible, you know, you find the book of Job. And the book of Job, his friends were thinking like that as well. Like, all these bad stuffs are happening to you, Job. Because you sinned and you need to get right with God. And Job's like, I didn't do anything, man. I didn't do anything. I don't know why this is happening. And Job was right and his friends were wrong. But we can make that assumption. Sometimes we look at someone's life and we think, oh, this problem that they're going through is because of something they did. Now, sometimes, sometimes, you know, we live out our consequences, right? Sometimes, you know, we're living out that bad decision. Sometimes that's true. But other times, problems are reserved for God. And, and here, I'm so glad we have a God who knows how to start over. You know what I'm talking about? He knows how to start over. So if you grew up in a situation where maybe mom and dad didn't make always the best decisions, or maybe one of them was absent, or you get to start your own legacy. Because you have a God who starts over, over and over and over again. You get to decide what kind of person you want to be. I think that's so important to to know. You get to decide what kind of person you want to be. Verse 3. It was not because of his sin or parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that, so the power of God could be seen in him. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming And then no one can work. Jesus is talking, that's missional talk right there. He's talking about the harvest is great, the workers are few, and while there's still day, we have the work of the Lord to do. Verse 5, but while I am here in the world, and what does he say? Read that out loud. I am, one more time, I am the light of the world. So in John chapter 8, verse 12, um, Jesus 
proclaims, I am the light of the world. He does this in the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is one of the seven I am statements of Jesus. Big statements. You know, I am the way, truth, and life. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. You know, all of those, there's seven of them. And this is one of the seven. So here he's like, he just happened in the previous chapter. He says, I'm the light of the world. And then in chapter nine, he runs across this dude who is born blind and he's about to give him sight. Scripture says, verse six, then he spit on the ground. Isn't that good? Just turn to the person next to you and just spit in their face really quickly. Just spit in their face. Jesus spit. So I so was tempted, guys, to get like a, someone to hold a bucket and just like, you know, well, I just swallow that. <laughs> I should have done that. Then he spit on the ground. Let me get a little bit of water, guys. <laughs> uh, hold on one second. All right, Lord. Uh, then he spit on the ground, made mud with a saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Made a little mud pie, smeared it on his eyes. Verse 7, he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So the man went and washed and, and came back. What? Came back. Came back saying. Um, verse 3 said this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. I want to say this. There are certain problems you have in life that are reserved for God's power. There are certain problems. And it's, it's a, during this time while you're waiting for that prayer to be answered or you have that problem in your life, whatever it might be, um, God is teaching you to walk by faith. He's teaching you to trust him. This is not wasted time. This is not idle time. God is teaching you to be faithful, to persevere. I mean, Abraham was accounted to be righteous while he was waiting for his son to come into the world, Isaac. He was waiting. It's during that time when nothing is happening, when you don't see anything happening, and you're trusting God that you build up your faith. Like, I'm going to go to church. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to go anyway. I, I'm going to go to church, and I, I need God to put, I need him in my life, and I'm going to go anyway. It's that kind of thing. Uh, there are certain problems in your life. Some of you are going through some hard stuff, and life may not make sense right now. And you might be wondering, why? Why? God is going to use your problem for his glory. For his glory, your emptiness, your loneliness, your circumstances, whatever it is. And scripture says, now Jesus spit on the ground. And um, I remember when I, when I was younger and I'd spit, you know, I, I would, uh, especially after like a run or something like that. And sometimes people would be right by me and say, don't spit. And I'd be like, well, what am I supposed to do with all this? You know, I got I to take it out. In Mark chapter 7, Jesus spit also. He spit on his fingers and touched a man's ears. And he spit, when he spit on his fingers, he touched the man's tongue and he healed him. This is Mark chapter 7. In Mark chapter 8, in a town called Bethsaida, Jesus healed a blind man. He spit on the man's eyes and he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? If you remember that. And here now in John chapter 9, 
He spit again. Um, and uh, some Bible scholars will say, well, this might be, uh, why did he use like dirt? And some people say, well, it's relation to Genesis chapter 2, when God made man out of dirt. And that's possible. It's just speculation. We don't know exactly. And then Jesus tells him, go to this pool of Siloam. And the pool of Siloam is like not magical waters or anything. It's not like the pool of Bethesda that was known to heal people or something. It was, uh, it was coming out of Ezekiel or Hezekiah's tunnel, but it wasn't anything that was a typical place for a miracle. And when I was looking at this passage, I'm always asking God, God, what are you saying here? I, I want to hear a revelation from God. That's my prayer. God, what are you saying? Show me something in this passage because I know these people that are going to be watching this message or in the house listening to this message. They need to hear. What do you want to say? And you know what the Lord told me with this whole thing? Here it is. Sometimes we need help with our faith. That's what the Lord told me. Think about it. It's kind of a dramatic thing. It's like, okay, here's this man who was born blind and he's... You know, spits on the ground and makes this mud pie kind of thing and smears it all over his face like war paint or something like that. And he says, okay, now go to the, to the pool of Siloam. And he goes to the pool of Siloam. I'm guessing somebody had to escort him. And he goes all the way over there and then he washes in the pool of Siloam and then he comes out. What was all that, you know, theatrical stuff about? Because other times in the Bible, I'm thinking about this Roman leader who wanted one of his servants to be healed. And he said, just say the word. You don't have to come to my house. Just say the word. And other times, Jesus, you know, the, the woman who touched the hem of his garment, all she did was she goes up and she touches the hem of his garment. And she had this, you know, hemorrhage just bleeding for 12 years. And you know, there's these times when Jesus just heals right immediately. Like there's no, there's no great theater behind it. But in this situation, he spits on the ground. He makes mud. The guy hears the spit, right? He hears the spit. I don't know if he knew it was going to be mud pie, but he certainly feels it on his eyes, doesn't he? When all that, he hears the voice of Jesus, doesn't see him. And then he's escorted, you know, or maybe he knows where the pool of Siloam is. I don't know. But he goes to the pool and he gets in the water and takes this quick baptism kind of thing. This dunks himself and he comes out seen. And the Lord said, Reuben, sometimes we need help with our faith. Some of us need mud on our face to be smeared. You know, some of us need this water experience and this. And others of us, you know what we just need? I just need to hear from God's word in his word. Depends on where, everybody's at a different level of faith. Everybody's, now think about this, if, if, if you know, we're gonna give you an opportunity to experience a miracle, what if I said, all right, the only way this is gonna work is if you go to, you know, you leave from here and you go to E.B. Rains Park at the lake off 120th and dunk yourself, then you'll be healed. I'm guessing you'll be like, mm, I don't know about Pastor Ruben. I don't know about that. Let's go to Chili's instead. Let's go to Tokyo Joe's instead. I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? It's so random that Jesus says, okay, now you got to go to the pool of Siloam. Now you got to go to the pool of Siloam. When I first started walking with God, I needed a lot of signs from God. I needed a lot of affirmation. I was like, okay, God, I read this. Now I need you to give me a sign 
like Gideon, give me a sign that this is what you want me to do. And he'd give me a sign. I mean, give me another sign, God, just to make sure. And he'd give me another sign. But during those days, I would like look for signs all the time. I remember playing golf with my buddies and we were like about to, you know, tee it off. And, and I said, Lord, if this is your will for me to do X, um, I pray that my ball goes right in the middle of the fairway. You know, it was stuff like that. It was just always looking for a sign. If it's your will, make this light turn green right now. You know what I mean? It's just, and, uh, and then as I've been walking with God, she, you know, this is about a relationship, guys. When you have a relationship with Jesus, you need fewer and fewer signs. Because you spend time in his word, and you're like, okay, this is what he's speaking to me. And it's so dynamic. It's so transformational, so powerful, that because I read this right now, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. Crazy stuff. Because I read this right now, I'm going to serve God in another place, and I'm going to help start this church, or I'm going to help. I'm going to move to Guatemala or something, and I'm going I'm to help. Whatever is crazy stuff. But when you read like one verse, okay, because I read this, I know I need to serve, or I, need, I know I need to honor God, I know I need to give, I know I need to, it's just, you make these kinds of decisions, and I think sometimes we need help with our faith. And I think Jesus knew where this guy was. Remember, he does not know Jesus. The story continues. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. I, that tells you, like, when he was blind, there had to, his face had to look different. I don't know if he had his eyes closed all the time, or maybe his eyes were cloudy or something like that. I'm not sure. But physically, his appearance looked different. And it was such a transformation that we looked at him and we're like, I think that's him, but this guy looks good. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. Verse 10, they asked, who healed you? There it is. They're getting down to the who. What happened? And he told them the man they call, who? The man they call, I'll say it again. The man they call, it's the most glorified name you can say. I dare you, when you go to, to the grocery store this week, just shout out Jesus. Just shout it out and just see what happens. It's a strong name, isn't it? The man they call, you know, look, even his answer is like the man they call Jesus. He didn't say, Jesus healed me. He made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. And then I love this phrase. So I went and washed and now I can see. Like, there's his testimony right there. Yeah, I, I don't know who he is. I'm just telling you, he smeared this stuff on my face, and I went, and I washed, and now I can see. Now I can see. I washed, I went, and I washed, and now I can see. And the other thing the Lord showed me in this passage is this. Jesus is so good, your knowledge of him is not a prerequisite for him to work in your life. Glory to God. That's called prevenient grace. That's grace before you ask for grace. That's the love of God before you know the love of God. That's called prevenient grace. This guy did not have a relationship with Jesus. And you see the love of the Savior. 
He knew there was nothing more that he wanted in life. And I think about this and I think, you know, God will work in your life even though you don't know him, even though you're holding on to unforgiveness, even though you're bitter, even though you're full of anger, even though you've made the wrong decisions. God is so gracious and merciful. His hope is to, is to rope you in, to bring you to this place in this relationship with him so that you can see. The other thing I'm, you see in this whole thing, Remember, he said, okay, who did this? Who did this? Who did this? Who did this? He says, I don't know. I don't know. I just went and I washed and now I can see kind of thing. You know what else the Lord showed me? Not everyone will be happy about your miracle. Not everyone will be happy. Um, experiencing God in your life can be disrupting to other people in their life. Like when I, I came to know Jesus, I was so excited. I was like, gosh, God is real. I was 18 years old. Like God is real. He's so, and I'm going to church all the time and I'm reading the Bible, all the words in the color red because I thought those were the most important ones. They were belong to you. But I was just so excited. And you know what I discovered? Not everyone was equally excited about it. And I thought, aren't you excited that like I know God? And I'm like, I'm like, and there, you know what I found out? The friends that I used to party with, it changed because like I didn't want to do the things that I used to want to do. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, what's wrong with you? And they almost were like, you know, I like the old version better. I liked it when you were spiritually blind better. I liked it then. And you'll find that not everyone will celebrate when you say, hey, I'm going to go to church. What about the brother that you, you know, play golf with every Sunday morning and you're like, not today. I'm not going to go on a hike today. I'm going to go to church. What? What's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? And this, this miracle created problems all the time as well. Here's some problems it created. First thing is healing a man born blind has never happened before in the Bible. Starting from the book of Genesis all the way to John chapter 9, you don't find a man who was born blind that was healed. So this is a significant miracle. And, and everything around this miracle is... Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? As you sit here, who is Jesus? It's never happened. And I want to say this. It doesn't matter what you've been born with. You can be born again. He could be born again. Some of us have had difficult circumstances. Being born into difficult circumstances. You didn't choose it, but you just kind of, it was just from day one. But you can, you can, I mean, God makes all things new. And this is why these guys are really having a hard time with this miracle. Because the other problem is in the Old Testament, you read over and over. I'll just read one, one, Isaiah chapter 35 says this. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. He's talking about the Messiah. This is one of the prophecies that will come. Verse 5. And when he comes... He will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. So the fact that this man who was born blind, I mean, this is a miracle where you look at this dude and say, he was born this way. This is just who he is. And, and, this is, and then Jesus comes, oh, our creator through whom all things were created through him and for him. And everything holds, he holds everything together is what Colossians tells us. And this guy shows, Jesus walks up to this guy 
and heals the guy who was born blind. It's almost like when he was born, there was some sort of faulty programming or something. He was faulty wiring or something like that, and that part wasn't right. And Jesus just spits in the ground and makes some mud, puts it on his eyes, and puts him right back like where he should have been on day one when he was a baby and heals him. And this guy is born blind, and this miracle happens, and everybody knows, hey, only the Messiah should know this kind of stuff. This, this, there will always be people that are more committed to their traditions than to seeing someone set free. This miracle happened on a Sabbath. That was another problem. And the religious leaders were like, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things here. That's not how we go to church. That's not how a relationship with God looks like. We have the laws, 613 laws. Everybody has to abide. We have this whole thing called clean and unclean. And, and, and uh, there's different groups. The, these are the Pharisees with these long tassels, and they're very righteous and holy people. Everybody else is secondary. We have Jews who are God's people, and everybody, non-Jews, these are the Gentiles. The Jews are, spe- I mean, that's how they think. And Jesus came, I am the light of the world. And Jesus shows up, and he says, I know it's a Sabbath. This man has been born blind, and he's here so that the power of God could know him. Whereas the other problem is this, is he's making the religious leaders obsolete. It's like they have ranking, they have position, they have, you know, like everybody looks at them and goes, ooh, you know, when they look at him kind of thing. But now Jesus shows up, and he just breaks these rules. Some people are so stuck in their thinking that they're unable to see anything new that God is doing. Anything new that God is doing. Let's let's keep going. Verse 12. Where is he now? They asked. I don't know. He replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because he was on the Sabbath that Jesus said, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and, and healed him. And the Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes. And when I washed it away, I could see. (laughs) Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, "But, but how could an ordinary sinner, that's referring to Jesus, do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Jesus brings division at times, doesn't he? Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? And here's what he says. The man replied, I think he must be a what? And I think at this point, remember, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? I keep asking you that question. And I think he's just guessing. I think for us, we might say, well, Jesus is this historical figure that walked around about 2,000 years ago. There's enough evidence that he existed Or maybe he was a really good teacher. He taught really good values. He taught you how to be kind and loving and how to recycle. And he did other good things. (laughs) Whatever it is. I don't know who's Jesus. Maybe you might say, he's my Lord and Savior. Or maybe you might say, I believe in Jesus, but I don't really have a relationship every day with Jesus. I don't really talk to him. I mean, it's like weird. I don't do that. But I believe in him. And when the right time comes, I'm able to pull it out of my back pocket and say, yep, I believe in Jesus. You know what I mean? And maybe that's it. But Jesus is way more than that. 
Verse 18, the Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man who had been blind and could now see. Uh, So they called his parents. Okay, here comes mommy and daddy. Here they come. They asked him, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? See, they just, his parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind. But we don't know how he can see or, or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, he's old enough. Ask him. That's why they said that. They were afraid of being kicked out of church. They were afraid of that. And they valued that community in the synagogue more than the possibility that their only son was miraculously healed by this guy who was just walking by. Have you ever seen someone try to like squirm out of a problem? Like squirm out of taking responsibility? Squirm out of, you know, taking any ownership. Did you do that? And people say like a hundred words and they don't answer the question. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, answer the question. They're just professional squirmers. Why haven't you committed to a church? Well, you know, you know. <laughs> that's just why. I don't, you know what I mean? Why aren't you serving? <laughs> Why aren't you giving? Why haven't you forgiven them? Mm. You know who you are. The squirming was just for you. All right. So uh, verse 24. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. And he says, I don't know whether he's a sinner. The man replied, But I know this. Here it is again. Let's read it out loud. I was blind. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I want to, I see that. He keeps saying the same thing. It's like they want him to get into this theological discussion with him. This theological battle and argument. And they want to take theological jabs at each other. And who knows the Bible more kind of thing. And the, the Pharisees are like, I go to church all the time. I was raised in church. Hello. I know, I, I know, I know what the pastor's going to say before he says it. Uh, all the messages are for someone else. You know who you are, right? And this dude, all he says is, I'm not going to get into any of that stuff with you. Here's what I know. I was blind, and now I can see. How do you fight against that? You can't fight against it. I want to say this. Nobody can tell your story like you can. Every single one of you, you have a story. You have a story of darkness to light. You have a story. Some of you, you've been through some tough stuff in life. 
You know what addiction feels like. You know what depression feels like. You know what divorce looks like. You know what running on the streets feels like. You know what it feels like to be on the verge of giving up on life completely. You know what all that stuff feels like. You know what it feels like to not care about God, to be angry with God, to be bitter and resentful. You know what it feels like. You've been there before. You know what it feels like to make all of the wrong decisions and now seeing God breathe new life into you. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story, and nobody can tell the story better than you. So tell your story. Tell your story. Because God would put people, will put people in your path who are battling some of the same things that you've gone through. And the best sermon's a good example. The best sermon's a good example. And God is all, I mean, Jesus is obsessed with this idea of giving sight to the blind, spiritually blind. Nobody can tell you a story like you can. Verse 26, but what did, what did he do? He said, how did he heal you? See, everybody's trying to get their heads around this. Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Oh, there's a little jab right there. There's a little jab right there, body blow. Remember that old you know, arcade game, like, body blow, body blow. That's what I feel like it's happening here. Right hook, right hook. Sorry. Um, where are we at? Verse 28, yeah. Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple because we are disciples of Moses. There it is, they're Pharisees. Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to abolish the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it. We're living in a day of grace. Verse 29. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Oh, that's a great word. Look, listen to the brother who has not seen Jesus. This is someone who does not have a relationship with Jesus. Oh, the Lord just showed this to me right now, guys. This is life. And he's, he's articulating a relationship with God. He's articulating a, a, a successful prayer life. He said, he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Oh my word, praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isn't that good? You want God to hear your prayers? You want to have a relationship with God? He's ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. He has some knowledge. He has some knowledge. Ever since the world began, oh, here it is. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. Hmm. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. <laughs> you were born a total sinner, they, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. I grew up in church. I know the Bible more than you. You hear that? I want you to recognize something else. This man doesn't know Jesus. And he hasn't seen Jesus. 
when Jesus did the mud pie thing and spit in the ground and all that stuff, he just heard Jesus and he felt maybe the, the hand of Jesus on his face. And then when he went to the, to the pool of Siloam and he went in the water and he came out and when he could see, Jesus was not there. He's, he's not a follower of Jesus yet. He hasn't seen Jesus. He doesn't know what Jesus looks like. And now, Scripture says that he was uh, kicked out of church. Have you ever been kicked out of church? Don't raise your hand. Some people have. Some people have. I asked Keith uh, for permission to share this story. But when uh, Keith told me that when he grew up in the church, but when he was a... Uh, he lived outside of Chicago, and uh, when he was 18 years old, this kind of a district leader of churches, Keith was at a camp, and, and this district leader said, you're not welcome here anymore. And it was so hurtful for Keith because he liked doing good things and wanted to help out and all that stuff. And, it, it, you know, the, the devil can use hurt. I always tell people, Hurt is wonderful fertilizer for the devil. There's people who aren't going to church anymore because of hurt. There's people who aren't serving because of hurt. There's people who don't trust people because of hurt. So Keith, uh, um, you know, went on his own road for a while. The devil really uses it as, as the devil uses hurt. And he went down this, kind of like the prodigal son, went down the wrong road. And at one point he was bouncing in clubs outside in Chicago and doing all that stuff. But you know what? <laughs> the Lord never left him. Isn't that right, Keith? The Lord never left him. Even when he was through all that, it's like the Lord knows you've been hurt and you've been kicked out by people. Uh, you know, I think sometimes God's like, you know what? I know what you went through, but I'm not them. They didn't rep me very well. They didn't represent me. Hello. Represent. They didn't represent him. And then when he was 30 years old, he moved here. That's about 30. Is that right, Keith? 30 years old, he moved here. And uh, his dad, who's living outside of Chicago, knew about Thorn Creek Church and said, Keith, I think you should try out this church called Thorn Creek Church in North Denver. So Keith showed up here and walls started coming down. Walls started coming down. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you, I know you're a different person today than you were a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, and I could see walls coming down. There was a day when you didn't smile, and now you smile. <laughs> there was a day you looked grumpy, and now the joy of the Lord is inside of you. There was a day you were full of pride, and now I see a humble spirit. There was a day when you did nothing, and now you're serving. And I was kind of key. So when he was 30 years old, he said, I was coming here, and then he was asked to serve. And nobody knew how healing that would be for him. And the Lord was reminding him, I still need you. I still need you in the fight, brother. I still need you. I still need you to run this race. I still need you. And now the Lord has done a healing in Keith's life where the brother is serving in so many ministry areas and he does it out of his heart and gratitude to the Lord. Yeah, let's celebrate that. Praise the Lord. God knows how to restore. 
When Jesus heard, remember this guy's been kicked out of church. When he heard what happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the Son of Man? That title, the Son of Man, is a popular phrase throughout the Bible. And it's referring to the Messiah. It's, it's mentioned 82 times in the New Testament, the Son of Man. So when Jesus asked this man who was blind, do you believe in the Son of Man? This man knew what he was saying. Do you believe in the Messiah? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. He called him a sir. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. You know what? This time, he didn't have to get spit on and get mud on his face. He didn't have to go wash in some pool. You know what he says? Yes, Lord, I believe. Thank you, Lord. You just showed that to me right now. And the man said, and he, what? And he he worshiped Jesus. When you look at this story, there are people in the story, like the, you know, the Pharisees. I think they would have been okay if he stayed blind his whole life. You know what I'm saying? Not everyone was happy with this thing. And, and he, it seems like he's the only guy that's like, I was blind and now I see. I was blind and now I see. Isn't this great? I was blind and now I see. And there were people around them that weren't clapping. There were people around him like, well, how did it happen? And who's this guy who did it? I'm not sure if you were really blind. I think you were faking. I'm not sure about that. I think mom and dad are in cahoots on this whole thing. I'm not. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. Celebrate with me. Celebrate with me. Like you ever see those videos of those people who have the colorblind and they get the colorblind glasses on and all of a sudden they're like, I can see. I'm colorblind, red and green. I'm colorblind in a lot of different. I'm glad I'm preaching right now to an all black church. I just want you guys to know that. I praise the Lord for that. Going back to my roots. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming. That's what I see. Anyway, but this, this man, he says, Lord, I believe. He instantly received it by faith. And how could he not? Such a miracle, right? How could he not? Oh, we've got to put that verse back up there. Would you make it? I don't want to, I don't want to go too quickly. I want to go back to that verse. The last one. Yeah. Lord, I believe the man said, and, let's read that. And he, I just had this vision of him saying, yes, I believe. And he just worships Jesus. And you know what I'm thinking? Nobody could stop him. Nobody could stop him. Nobody. You know what Jesus reminded me of right here? Jesus told this woman this once. She loves much because she has been forgiven much. And there's this correlation with an awareness of how spiritually lost you were. <laughs> how spiritually lost, spiritually blind you were. <laughs> and the intensity of your worship. There's a connection there. It's like, I know who I am apart from 
Jesus. I know how far away I was from God. I know I was going down the wrong road. I know how lost I was and how angry I was. I know I was ready to give up on life. I was a terrible person. I know I didn't deserve his grace, but I got his grace. I got to know Jesus. I got to know him. And he changed my life. He's so good. How can I not worship Jesus? He's everything to me. I thank him for the life he's given me. Everybody else is just here for the ride. I can't stop. I got to serve Jesus. I worship Jesus with all my life. Every day is a breath from God. Right, Rob? Every day is a breath from God. Every day is a breath from God. From God. Rob was in the hospital this week and I went to visit him and I told him that. And he goes, oh, I know, Pastor. You, you, know, you know, and then you go through something and then you're like, no, no now I know, now for reals, now I know. <laughs> Before I was just saying it. And he worshiped Jesus. All right, let's just wrap this up. We did this last night. I don't have, um, I'm not gonna spit on you. I know you're grateful for that and, you know, the days of COVID and all. <laughs> uh, and there's no water for you to jump in. But I, I believe there's um, needs to be a step of action for our faith. So oh, let's do this. Lord, thank you. I want to pray for you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to come forward and just fill up this whole place in front of me if you'd give me the honor to pray for you and I, I want here's the first thing if you uh, are turning to Jesus maybe for the first time I want to invite you to come forward and I'm going to say a prayer for you to invite Jesus into your life maybe your life's a mess and your home's a mess and your first step is to turn to Jesus Jesus can take care of all the problems he really can he's a big God and then the other group I want to invite forward is Anybody need a miracle? Anybody need a miracle? I'm talking about that miracle that you may have even stopped praying about. That miracle. I'm born this way. I'm blind. Whatever it is. Let's just go crazy and see what God can do. And sometimes God may want to heal you right now immediately. And other times God may say, my grace is sufficient. He can do both. But let's do our part. Let's do our part. It's time to act like the man who was born blind. All right, you ready? All right. If you want to come to know Jesus, come forward right now and I'll pray for you. If you need a miracle in your life, come forward right now and I'll pray for you. Hurry up. We got to go. Let's go. Hurry up. If you need a miracle in your life, come forward. Come on, let's go. Let's go quickly. Don't wait. <coughs> Praise Jesus. Come on. The Spirit of the Lord is moving here, guys. Jesus is Lord. God is here. God is moving. He's such a good God. Oh, my word. Jesus, we thank you. If you're ready to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, just say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sins. I repent of them. And I turn to you, teach me, teach me how to walk by faith and teach me how to walk with you and give me ears to hear you and eyes to see you. 
Yes, Lord. And Lord, I want to pray for those who need a miracle, Lord. Oh, Lord, hear their cries. You know exactly what's going on in their life. Some need a, a healing touch, Lord. Some are battling some secret demons in their life. And some people have physical issues, Lord, that they've just been battling. And some people have been living with anger and hurt. And some people, Lord, have been abused. And, and some people, they just need walls to come down. So right now, Lord, together. This is our prayer. Just say, Jesus, heal me right now. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, touch me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, transform me. Oh, Lord, I believe you are just walking by. And right now, God, I pray for a miracle right now with everyone here in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you do a miracle just like that man who was born blind. And I pray, God, that every person can see right now in the name of Jesus Christ. So work in that family, work in that friend, work in that relationship, work in that heart, work in that mind, work in that spirit. And set people free right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Your word says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I pray for freedom today. I pray that we walk out of this place different from when we came in, Lord. Jesus, you are the Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are our great physician. You're our mighty counselor, our wonderful God. And God, we just turn to you and heal us right now. So right now, Jesus, we receive it by faith. And we trust you by faith, Lord. May your will be done as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate, guys. Praise the Lord. Give someone a high five and a hug or something like that.